Hello, hello everybody. This is Elisa, your host at Spans Summit. Uh, today we are here with a very special guest. Her name is Monique Morrow. And um, well, there is a lot to say about her. <laughs> well, Monique is uh, president and co-founder of Humanized Internet. Um, that is a non-profit organization focused on providing digital identity for those individuals most underserved. Um, She's also a TEDx speaker. Uh, she has been recognized as Forbes Top 50 Women Globally in Tech uh, in 2018. Uh, she is in the book, Woman No Cyber, <laughs> 100 Fascinating Females Fighting Cybercrime. That's really fascinating. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I just have the book right here. There you go. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> And she's also a member of um, YC's Women in Cybersecurity and a lot of more that we are going to discover pretty soon today. <laughs> so welcome, Monique. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Lisa. It really is. And thank you so much for the wonderful uh, introduction. So looking forward to, to our super cool conversation. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Me too. So, well, let's start, uh, of course, about you. Uh, we really want to know a lot of more about you. Uh, what's your background? I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. I have such an eclectic background. I, I always say, I like to say I'm, a, I'm an accidental engineer because originally I wanted to go and study diplomacy. And, you know, I have a, a degrees in French and history. And later, when reality hit, uh, I got into the technology sphere, right? So having spent uh, most of my years abroad, um, you know, even studying at, uh, at the University of Paris in Sorbonne um, and went on to, um, as I got into technology, as I got into this area very early, I think it's also timing when you get into a, 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 you know, a career of technology then I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the challenges that uh, you can, you know, how technology can be used to, to solve interesting problems, whether it's at networking, uh, whether you're dealing with um, emerging technologies and, and, and so on. And including that, I mean, I, I ended up um, traveling. Uh, I worked for Cisco for um, a good 17, uh, almost 17 years. I mean, before that, wow. I, was at, I was in the semiconductor, uh, you know, business uh, uh, at AMD. Uh, really mostly internal focus, you know, looking at how our customers were device physicists and how we could create a network for them to do their work uh, and so on. And that's how I discovered this this company. That's how I discovered this whole notion of, of uh, internet protocols and routing and, 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 and so on through this startup company. They were students at Stanford University at the time called Cisco Systems. And I think the rest becomes history. I mean, I just uh, fell in love with it, got, uh, you know, other degrees, you know, because I like to understand what I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, and then just, uh, I never looked back, right? So I never looked back. And, and um, now, uh, with what I do at the Humanized Internet, I think that's very important as a, a Swiss-based nonprofit, uh, looking at uh, things around digital identity, identity and self-sovereign identity as, as, as key topics. But 
also I, I deal with emerging technologies and I think uh, emerging technologies and, and areas that you and I have spoken about then and, and uh, like blockchain and so on. Oh yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, with it, it's uh, international. Um, the world is small and uh, I do believe in tech for good. And I do believe in this notion of ethics and, and good use of technology. And uh, I'll put that in quotes because, you know, ethics and so on are, could be, it's interestingly defined how we do that, but yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. Uh, and and <laughs> by the way, pro, there's not a lack, especially you know part of the introductions around uh, cybersecurity and security. But this is a very important space because there's not a lack of that talent that we need to have, uh, especially in areas uh, in that area and also in the area of privacy. Oh yeah, well, I mean, you have really a, an amazing experience. Uh, that um, well, I, what I, I admire a lot is that you have a really great uh, tech background, but at the same time, you are really very good to explain in an easy way that everybody can understand and um, enjoy the movement that, that you you are creating that you have created in the past and you are bringing um, forward. So I I love that uh, because I think. A lot of people that are really technical uh, mm. that can't communicate in the right way, uh, and and that's really a pity. So I, I really love, uh, well, a lot of things about you, but that is one of the things that I love you most. Well, and, uh, <laughs> but that's true, Lisa. I mean, let me just uh, say something to that point. I mean, we tend to, as technologists, go very deep, and I think you know you have to pass your grandmother's test. It has to be easy. Uh, for somebody to to understand it, it shouldn't have this aura of complexity around it although the topics are often complex but the art is hiding that complexity <laughs> and um well what about um impact investing in particular um how did you start to be interested in tech for good uh, and i don't know if something sparks in the past and say okay this is what i want to do this is the things that are okay this is it. Uh, you know, impact investing and how we got to know one another wasn't through impact. This whole topic of impact investing is very important because it's all about where you want to put your, uh, you know, I always talk about where you want to put your own investment. And, you know, you want to be able to walk the talk, walk it for uh, uh, for this whole notion of good, you know, the whole issue of sustainability, the whole issue of philanthropy. How do we deal with that and make it more transparent? Uh, and uh, sustainability, even when we think now that uh, this whole area about uh, what it means to be at the board level, how do you manage this, um, you know, this whole notion of um, ESG, as we call it, right? So, uh, and, 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 and how, do we, how, do, how do we actually uh, measure that and what are the metrics? I think it's very important to, to think about that level of impact investment. And quite frankly, you know, uh, generations that are coming now care deeply about it. I mean, uh, it's not, we, I want to say state that because there's also about where do you, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Uh, just in terms of um, being able to provide those metrics. And we talked about blockchain in this space, how to deal with that. We, and, and then, of course, uh, the whole area, which is a hot topic about sustainability, about then you get into issues around um, AI for good and uh, investments in, in terms of um, uh, alternative energy investments and, and so on. And I think that that's, a, for me, the sky's the limit. And I literally believe that the sky's the limit on this particular topic. 
And we need to have a conversation on that. We don't have a conversation. You kind of go and say it's fragmented, but we need to have a conversation. And what I loved about what we do and what we had done in the, you know, is the groups are so mixed and diverse, you know, from backgrounds. Um, and, and I think that's, uh, that's really what make what excites me learning from different gen- generations and, and so on and so forth, because impact investing is here to stay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is it's here to stay. So fast. <laughs> Keeping us busy. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's for sure. <laughs> but I mean, impact investing, um, especially in impact investing in tech, uh, it's oh. quite wide. It's mm-hmm. really a lot of things um, that we can talk about, but also that you can invest. And uh, it, it can be quite confusing sometimes for investors and, and sometimes for founders as well. I mean, there is a lot in this uh, uh, in this industry, um, but I know that you have some uh, particular experience <laughs> yeah. uh, in some of these topics. So, um, first of all, I would like to ask you about emerging technologies and mm-hmm. maybe uh, like a definition. I'm sure everybody already know these terms, but to get a definition from from you will be will be great. <laughs> Sure. I mean, I think I think the thing about emerging technologies is when when I'm looking at emerging technologies, I'm looking at, you know, there is, it's always kind of this whole topic about what is new. And usually, if you think about the whole notion of crossing the chasm and is it hype or or what, um, before it becomes a before the industry starts to adopt it and starts to use these types of technologies for. Uh, solving problems. So an example very early that in our discussion was has been blockchain. You know, um, you know it's been very linked uh, to crypto uh, because it had been, you know, the part of that, uh, when we talk about blockchain, it really was uh, very, very much linked to uh, Bitcoin. Um, but the technology itself is quite interesting in terms of providing a sort of single source of, of truth. Uh, and what that could look like and how we can actually look at uh, defining what we call the internet of value. So that's an example of, you know, what are examples that we see for uh, looking at how industry solves for third party uh, supply chain or supply chain problems and using this type of technology. Uh, I think the other, and, and it's still going, people are looking at how they can, or organizations and companies are looking at how they use these, adopt this technology for, um, you know, solving problems. And it's not just that technology is out there. It has to have business sense or it has to have a purpose. Uh, otherwise, it just gets lost in, the, in a conversation. So blockchain is one example um, where the industry is looking at adopting it, especially in mobile uh, and so on. You know, how do you create smart contracts to automate? I think there has to be sort of an automation rather using Excel sheets. And and, um, and that would be an example of, of you know, looking at how you remove friction. Uh, the other, and, and, and third party, I think what I call supply chain, whether it's in pharmaceuticals, uh, whether it is, I mean, what, what could that look like? And that's an example of, I see more of uh, use of blockchain in that space. But what's getting very interesting is blockchain and decentralized finance, you know, and so uh, are you totally decentralized? And how do you deal with that? And then you get into uh, sort of digital uh, digital uh, currency kinds of conversations uh, that are linked to it, uh, stable coin and 
uh, non-fungible tokens are part of this now big discussion. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it's a huge discussion in space. It's a huge right? discussion, yeah. And, yeah, and so it could be even a se separate discussion here. I mean, we're it's timely. I uh, You know, in the United States, they have uh, the Super Bowl and uh, football, American football. And it so turned out that uh, every most of the commercials were around cryptocurrency, which which became an interesting topic in itself. But blockchain is one, and and I think that's emerging, and 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 with it emerging also this old Internet of Value conversation is is uh, kind of uh, uh, bolted onto the discussion. In fact, you know I'm looking to work with the World um, Economic Forum on something around, you know, how do you deal with, um, you know, crypto. In the sense of that, that has sort of this um, diversity, equal, um, you know, equality and inclusion component of it, especially for investors in that space. So, how would you be dealing with that? You know, and what does it mean to have green crypto and so on and so forth? So, there's a big, vast of pockets of discussions in the space of blockchain and digital currency or decentralized finance. The other part is what's emerging is around the security. Remember you, and by the way, they're all intersecting. You oh, yeah. could argue that blockchain, there is a component of security very much so because it's, you know, you're exchanging cryptographic keys. Uh, you know, that's part of the whole interesting topic here, even though at best it, you're talking about pseudonymization, but, but still it's an, an interesting aspect of security. Well, with security, one other very interesting space that is emerging in technology is this whole notion that is linked to quantum computing, but it's quantum resistant, you know, quantum security services, quantum networking services. Will we have a quantum internet? Some people say in 10, 20 years, maybe even sooner, but there is a quantum, this is around the use of our cryptography. It has impacted the cryptography and cryptographic keys, which means, you know, uh, what is quantum resistant? And there you have almost a, country level discussions around that because um, here you have a lot of nations trying to put their their best of, uh, of, of scientists actually behind uh, solving for the you know the fastest computing uh, the fastest uh, cryptography and of course uh, then of course you look at what is quantum resistant and quantum resistant VPNs and, and how do you solve for the, uh, the problems in that space and there's a lot of startups coming in, uh, and, and the whole issue of quantum uh, security and quantum computing, and and by the way, women in quantum and women in this quantum security, <laughs> and so and so and so on. So that is emerging, and I think you know, uh, and and with it, the startup community is emerging. Investors are looking at it very strongly now, as yeah. part of it, and I think that's a, a space that uh, you know, part of that emerging that we need to to think about. And there is this whole notion of how do we uh, use self-sovereign identity or SSI to actually create business models. And so this whole notion of sort of selectiveness that is involved in self-sovereign identity. Um, an example here uh, that we see coming up, at, for example, in the, in the state of Texas, where you, it's a start, but it's not the, it's not, uh, it's, a, it's in this direction. If I'm applying for a license to operate a bar, why should I give you details about my social security number and, and so on and so forth? I mean, 
you can use zero knowledge proofs to say I'm between a certain age. You can say, do, do that type of thing. And so it becomes selective. They don't have, you don't have to submit uh, a whole bunch of information that is so, um, um, so much in detail about yourself for a license to operate a bar. And that is becoming interesting in space. That's an example of where, in a direction where well, country, states or, or, or countries are trying to use SSI to actually um, allow people, allow citizens to provide information that is selective. And I think you see that in, you're going to see that more and more in terms of selective uh, information sharing, because, because if you put too much, somebody's holding it. And you may not like that. And that's an, an area that gets a concern. So that intersects with privacy. So I think those are three main buckets, or I think it's probably three that I think would be in the emerging emerging uh, tech area. But this, but I would say there's so much to do in the security aspects of food, the security aspects of uh, energy, and and so on. So security will uh, uh, and privacy will always be the underpinning of what discuss in this area. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of intersection between uh, technologies and day-by-day um, -day things, uh, food, identity, uh, the things that we give it for granted because mm -hmm. we might use every day, uh, but they probably going to be completely changed in a few years, the way we, we use it, the way uh, business or institution use it. And uh, I mean, it's a great revolution that we, we are going to see in a, in a very, probably in a very small time um, in the next few years. And um, how do you think this emerging technology um, are related to social impact? Uh, what will be the, the most impact in, in impact? <laughs> what does it mean, the most impact and impact? I think um, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think. Uh, I think security is going to have uh, a tremendous amount of impact. Uh, um, it has to. Uh, even if we're talking about sustainability, uh, you know, you have to have security in food supplies. You have to have security. Uh, and, and just as we said, it, it, it's connecting. It's not disconnecting when we talk about blockchain. But I think that's, a, that's, a, that's an area I'm really watching very closely. And then, of course, with that quantum space of, of, of investment for, for the types of impact, because if you don't have it, the problem, the problem is uh, then you're going to look at I mean, compute, uh, security in terms of alternative energy investment, security in terms of, you know, what's happening uh, in terms of uh, somebody trying to actually uh, interfere with uh, your alternative, alternative energy investments and, and how that could be uh, co-opted. So security overarching and newer forms of security are going to be areas I think we should be watching out for. I think it's just, um, and, and then of course with it will be this, this area around selective uh, sharing of your information and how it becomes more of a model for, for citizens rather than, than, than the exception or for people. And I think that's, uh, that's going to be uh, an area to, to really look out for. We just don't, we talk about it because it makes the headlines, but we don't talk. We don't understand where uh, we believe. I mean, the investment is is vast here, and for impact, that's going to be important. Um, so, if we just if you ask a question about uh, how do you see your vulnerabilities, how do you see your security, uh, 
you know, um, I've had an earlier discussion with uh, a startup group and that they have the model very, very put down. But of course, there's going to be geopolitical issues that uh, will affect them or impact them. There will be also issues around, you know, how somebody is trying to get this. You have to be concerned about security should not be an afterthought. It's got to be part of what you do in investments. It's got to be part of the questions to ask. It's got to be part of the uh, even in, in in communities, and I think that's that's where we uh, where I see an impact for impact uh, opportunity, especially with the technology line. technology where and 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 by the way, it comes in all kinds of forms. Why not in terms of investments, in terms of education, uh, you know, of, of sure. uh, security? What what does an impactful uh, ethical hacker look like um, and feel like? You know, what does that mean? And why should it be the topic of just, you know, techies? It's got to be a topic across the, the realm here. And that, I think, would be really interesting. To, oh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, you mentioned before about um, digital identity. So, mm -hmm. um, first of all, what do you mean when we talk about digital identity? Uh, again, I'm sure everybody already know the terms, but... To understand the terms, I think it's really important. Uh, it's a great question. I think um, and it's part of a book that I'm coming out with. My editor just um, publisher just pinged me. It's been like a four year project. I I think uh, I I think of this problem in multiple ways, right? I mean, so somebody could say a digital identity is your digital passport or or whatever, you know. Something I that that's probably easier part of it. I think what we have to think about it, it is um, the way I put it to some people is it's your it's your digital lockbox. You should be able to take it wherever you are and under any any circumstances, right? And, and it has and it's it's only to you know. And uh, oh, you can have your family members have access, you know, the keys. You should digitally. Um, that would be interesting. Um, but I think this is a very hard computer science problem to, 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 to really have, I mean, to, to really develop. And that, for me, is going to be something that I think we should absolutely think about solving for. So it's, it's think about, um, uh, you know, my, I've worked with refugees. I mean, one of the people who, one of the, or ex-refugees or ex-people uh, who had just, because of war, had to leave it, 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 war or or crisis if there's something your house is burning or there's a flood flood what is the thing that you're going to pick up right what is it going to pick up what are you going to pick up right and and so so uh, if it's your passport or is your is it your passport <laughs> i think you can get that some people say well i can get that but but in a, in a war zone it's not that easy and so and so and we never know where you're going to end up uh, and so, so it's it's a it's a problem that has vast um, vast uh, implications. So an example I have is uh, a person uh, who's now in Berlin, who's a member of the board of the Humanized Internet, and happens to be my co one of my co-authors. It's a it's a situation out of a of a movie. You know, he was um, originally from Syria, was studying uh, in tourism, I think, in Athens, in Greece, and what happened was. Um, you know, pretty much during the times, I think it was like 2014 or 2015 thereabouts, you know, the uh, the Greek government called him and said, you know, you've got to bring your passport and everything else. The problem is, you know, his passport was like 
well, first of all, I couldn't renew a passport. There was no Syrian embassy, right? So what are you going to do? You're oh, going to wow. send that person abroad, right? Back to, to, to his death. So, I mean, you get up and you end up, you end up doing what you, 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 you're forced to do to survive. And then it's to go, just leave. You know, that's what you see in these, these flood of, of, of people who, who are trying to find their way um, out of a terrible situation. But what he said was interesting. He said, you know, uh, you're nowhere, but you can falsify paper. You can falsify these passports. You can falsify them. This is not, I mean, this is what, you know, you see along the way. And that's the thing about how do you make things secure, digital, and, and that is pertaining to you. And what's in this digital lockbox that is pertaining? So there's the identity is a cultural. It's very, very uh, important to, that we understand identity overall. But if I have to take all these papers under duress I'd, and knowing that I may not have them renew uh, for whatever reason, then I have, then I, how do you deal with that? And so in some cases, we, I had the opportunity to visit the uh, camp of Jordan, uh, Zatari camp, and some people took their, you know, their high school diplomas or, or so on. But knowing that that could not be, uh, yeah, who's going to actually uh, affirm that that's your source of, uh, of credential? So, so we get we can break this down to how do we deal with new sources of? I can prove that I was born in a place, but this there may be a digital as assessment to it or something. I can prove there's some artificial intelligence that we can use. I mean, I think I know you graduated from somewhere and and give you some kind of credential. And maybe that credential gets referenced on the blockchain, right? I can prove by your work uh, that you were uh, probably in this space. Would you hire me based on my uh, credential? So credentialing becomes part of this uh, low-hanging low fruit uh, conversation. And I think that's the thing that we have to think about. We're still in very old world terms. We're talking about forms of identity, education identity, cultural identity, you know, where your sourced identity, uh, your work identity, and so on and so forth. And then it gets into experience and how we affirm that. And, uh, you know, one of the degrees I, I received was a degree in blockchain and uh, digital currency. Although I have the official degree, master's degree, science degree, also it was actually uh, uh, affirmed by the credentialing uh, institution. University of Nicosia put on the blockchain. And that's important because if that university ever went out of business or whatever, for whatever reason, just got destroyed, I could always point to my cryptographic. Would you hire me based on that? Would you hire me? That's the thing we need to think about, that new way oh, of yeah. thinking. So that's, uh, that's breaking it. Uh, it's a wide gamut when we talk about sort of this notion of identity, that which I selectively use, SSI that which is cultural, that which is my digital lockbox I want to carry wherever I am, and I own it, and, and so on. It's not kept by some cloud provider. Very hard problem. But, you know, these are the types of things we, we can think about in terms of forms of uh, that which is digital, and that which should be secure and safe. That, that brings usually um, a lot of questions, especially from government, sure. about 
who is gonna <laughs> keep this information? Because if we talk about blockchain, it could be totally decentralized, uh, it could be still secure, but then the government doesn't have the control that they want usually <laughs> on it. So uh, how- How to balance it. Yeah, what is the balance? Well, I mean, you have to have a balance, right? I mean, we don't live in a completely decentralized world. And I think we need to catch that conversation very carefully. And I think that that's where we become selective, like what the state of Texas is trying to experiment with. I can upload selectively the documents I want to share. The thing of it is, is that if, if there is uh, an accidental leak or if there is something that gets uh, misused, because the misuse, the thing of it is, is that you have to always think about the potential of where misuse can happen. And it's always the polarity and dialectic of the, of the conversation itself. I do think, I do think if we can get SSI more, I, I think in Germany, they're trying to step into that direction. But I do think if we can get it more into this area where citizens, especially citizens are comfortable, that would be, that would be a, a, a start. Uh, I think that um, certainly uh, countries have been trying to create what they call blockchain nations. They're trying to do, you know, this is a space. We want you to experiment and so on, having a sandbox. And by the way, regulators and politicians have to be part of the conversation. They cannot be ignored. You have to help them along the way. And that takes a difference, I mean, uh, in terms of discipline and what's required in training as a as a politician or regulator, I mean, when you elect, you know, we have had recently elections in, in, in Switzerland, we often do, uh, but you elect a person, a person based on beliefs and tenets and, and on a platform they run for. So, you know, it has to, we're, I think we're, we're seeing more and more uh, conversations of, with, from political uh, people or politicians that they're starting to understand what this technology means starting to understand what it means for the citizens, but it has to be a, a, grab, uh, a very interesting conversation with them and take them along the journey because they don't know what they're going to regulate. They don't know how to regulate without stifling or threat of stifling uh, communi- uh, innovation. And that's the concern here, right? So I think that's uh, important to note. Um, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that this is going to be new, newer disciplines, this intersectionality of computer science and law and ethics uh, and, and, and being able to understand the technologies and to be able to look at, um, you know, how we can use them very creatively to register, uh, you know, a birth of uh, somebody or, or how you want to do that and, and and how you want to selectively have your own digital lockbox that cut that maybe there's an embossed a stamp, a, a stamp that you want the government to put their stamp on it, but you're asking them, not the other way around, right? And I think that's going to be that'll take some time, but uh, again, it's it, 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 this is the time that we have. This is why you have the conversations that count, right? So uh, to look at what what could be done. I mean. You know, you look at the president, I think the EU has, I think there were some uh, uh, women who, uh, Ava Kiley, if I recall, uh, she's been uh, elected uh, in, 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 uh, in the EU, as, I think is she vice president, I'm not sure, but she certainly understands blockchain. Uh, and so uh, that's an example of politicians that come into space, especially in EU or wherever, what country, and they want to, they're there. You know, I want to understand it. I want to understand how it works, how it will benefit person foremost, my citizens, in this case, Greece, 
uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, um, there are in, in, in some cases, government already accepted this kind of certification. Uh, yeah. I remember a few years ago in a very bad situation um, where some people asked uh, for asylum in UK and they didn't have any anything to prove their degrees or to prove their identity. But because everything was held in the, in the blockchain, the UK government accepted uh, this uh, certification through the blockchain and they they effectively got uh, asylum in, in the UK. Um, so there are some uh, exceptions that are already accepted as, okay, this is fine. You have something that can prove it. And I mean, uh, a lot of like you, country like UK and maybe US, I don't know, but uh, that are really practical in, in some way, uh, they can maybe accept it easily, something like this, um, as an exception. But again, as you said, we need to talk and keep talking uh, with all the institution and all the new technology that is bringing up, because of course, in some way, giving up control for the government is not the, the easiest way. So <laughs> I agree. I agree. There, there are a lot to, <laughs> again, <laughs> to talk, to find uh, a way to, to grow together. And um, I mean, it, it happens uh, um, a lot, uh, especially in the last few years. Uh, government are starting to slowly understand what is happening. Uh, but on the other side, as, as we know, um, technology is so fast uh, that it's not easy for the institution to keep up with all the new things that are coming up. So uh, the things like Sandbox are amazing because that really are helpful <laughs> in many, many ways. So I, I agree. The Sandboxes, I, I think, are, are great. And the examples that you pointed out in the UK, uh, and, and some governments uh, are, are there. There's, I think, the appetite to experiment is very important. Uh, it's not mainstream yet. Um, certainly not mainstream. Maybe parts of the United States in certain states, have, uh, there's been the appetite to have these conversations. Of course, because you know it's a federal uh, government there. But I think it's just going to be interesting to see how how uh, we take it more and more to make sure. I mean. We know we would have hit it when it's no longer part of our conversation because it's quite normal in the conversation right now. People would look at you and go, what? Uh, what are you talking about? This is, we do this all the time, right? So, and, 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 and I think, um, as I said before, it's always understanding continuous, continuously, always understanding what you don't know you don't know. And so that gets into the impact and it gets into uh, impact investing and it gets into the kind of uh, discussions. But... You know, digital identity is going to take us a long way further because you're getting into things, things that talk to things or have identities, uh, you know, and how intelligent is your home has an identity. Uh, and so and with that gets security and with that gets other components of it. And so or smart cities and smart X and smart whatever. So there is some there's going we're going to be very busy is the point. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and, and it's going to take us into different levels that we never thought about before. So that's, that keeps me very excited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> 
And well, um, what could be your uh, suggestion if an investor uh, want to want to start uh, in impact investing and uh, want to look up all these emerging technology and uh, digital identity opportunities? Is there something that they need to ask to funders or um, they need to look up in particular when they are reading the pitch um, or something that you can suggest to make their life easier? <laughs> when they oh, no, I mean, that, that's, <laughs> uh, it's a great question. It's a hard answer, right? I, I think it's all, almost uh, more about asking the fundamental questions about uh, underlying questions, uh, depending on what the pitch is, you know, impactful investment. What are you doing in the security area? How do you handle privacy? Um, I think those are going to be very important no matter what. Um, you know, how do you deal with uh, alter alternative uh, modes of, of, of digital currency? What does that look like? Um, you know, are you creating another coin for a coin? And these are, but I think that's, uh, I think putting together a fact sheet is very important. Uh, and asking what I would call the basic questions um, and, and then have them come back because some, sometimes you're going to receive a pitch about, you know, it just may be about alter, about energy, you know, and how I can get, uh, to, I, I, I'm investing in funds for alternative en energy, but then you have to look at, well, what happens if you have a blip? What happens if um, there's a problem in Ukraine and then there's a problem that hits Europe and there's a problem? That, and how do you handle that? You know, and those are, those are the, the, the security privacy questions are really important. And then of course it breaks down to what it is, you know, how do you, now, how do you deal with alternative modes of, of, of value? Um, what are you dealing How do you deal with regulators and, and so on in that space? Um, how are you partnering? How have you removed friction? Because everything can be jurisdictional. And I think those are the basic questions to go and respond to when somebody's pitching to an investor. And the investors can say, hey, wait a minute. Um, where, have you, where is your footprint starting out? OS? What geolocation and why? And where do you want to go and how have you thought about, you know, those, those issues around regulatory sandboxes and, you know, especially if energy, depending on the mode of the conversation, depending on the topic, but then you'll get into geo-jurisdictional issues or if it's value, what does that look like and, and how are you solving for, to remove the, the friction? That oh, sense. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I know it was a kind of tricky question because um, as uh, you said before, uh, it's kind of the same when we talk about measurement in this field. Mm -hmm you can't really unify, you can't really find one rule and that's it because the industry it's so different, the technology it's so different uh, that it's kind of, um, well, again, it can be confusing for an investor that just start and do not have him maybe um, an expert on board, uh, an advisor that can be, uh, that might be, what do you think this might be a suggestion for VCs, for family offices or uh, investors as well to have at least an advisor in their board or uh, in their court that can help with the technology and, and these things. I agree, Elisa. I think that uh, because one, one, you said it so eloquently, um, you know, one hat doesn't fill all, right? It doesn't solve for all. And I think that if, 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 if investors um, really... <clears throat> 
probably want to think about having those advisors, having advisors that are sort of, you know, maybe sort of uh, tech, uh, sort of that have an eclectic technology background uh, in this emerging space. I think that's important in this emerging space, have not a background, but also have somewhat of an experience such that they can ask, actually help guide the conversations um, without having an investor go blindly into, you know, doing something or uh, putting value down where it may not make sense. And so, or where it may, but again, with uh, with qualifying questions to be answered. And I think that's a great uh, recommendation, putting a, a, a technologist, uh, a, you know, emerging technologists with experience on the board as an advisor. Yeah, that sounds great. So if someone uh, from our delegates <laughs> will knock your door, you know why. <laughs> yes. It's my fault. <laughs> uh, it's your, no, with that, uh, with that, it welcomes opportunities and why not? You know, the world doesn't stop. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. And well, um, I know you, again, you are doing a lot in uh, in digital identity and uh, um, and. I mean, I, I read a lot about what you are doing and your articles and interviews. And um, I was fascinating about your um, website, Humanize Internet. Mm -hmm. uh, could you tell us a, a bit more? What is it and what's the project right. that's behind? So it's the humanizeinternet.com. So, um, yeah, the, the humanizeinternet.com, basically it is around... Um, several quadrants of the conversation that we just had right so one is what is the area about ethical one is the area about uh technology uh, for good or this ethical what we call the ethical use of technology the other is around this whole notion of what we called about digital identity but also you know um how do we solve for uh situations that we just don't foresee and how do we create create solutions out of that i think that's important to to know that's the opportunity so it's more or less you know, how do we how do we uh, stimulate the conversations, uh, especially as a nonprofit as we are, uh, to stimulate those types of conversations? And of course, um, the the jewel is the is the book production, which has been uh, four years as a project, including external um, you know uh, contributors who have been very gracious to to contribute. And I think that's that will help. Uh, that's important too because. It's taking conversations as that that we have had and actually putting them in writing. You know what are what are what are ethical machines? Um, what does it mean? I mean, chapter two. I mean, one of the the, the chapters about uh, the whole notion of self sovereign identity or identity is written by my co um, you know the co author and also the co president on the on the on the board uh, who happened to live that light who happened to understand what it meant and and so on and, and brings it to raw raw to the form and um how do we deal with you know it's not about um these conversations about organization or companies that are just building up you know more and more uh, uh let's say uh, capital in in areas that uh, may cause us to to, to have concern and they're companies we know. Uh, and so, you know, whether it's a Facebook, Meta, whatever you want to call it, or Google, uh, and I have friends uh, in all of these companies, it's more or less how, what is what does it mean to have ethics in these conversations? And, and I think that's important. So it's tech for good. Uh, it's ethical. It's, you know, do we create ethical machines? Do we know what that means? 
Um, and it's also this whole notion of, gosh, what happens one day and, and it happens, that you have nothing to define you, right, other than you. Uh, and so all these papers and so on, right? So what would that look like and what that would feel like? And that's the excitement we have about the book. Thank you so much, Monique. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, well, and if we want to get in touch with you, well, I mean, I know how to get in touch with you. You know, you <laughs> but know. But for the delegates. <laughs> for the delegates. delegates. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, uh, you know, uh, my, my mail is, uh, I know some people hate mail, but uh, there's Monique at um, thith.ninja. That's uh, one area. And you can always go at, uh, the other part is you can always go at the, uh, the uh, site, um, thehumanizedinternet.com and leave a message. You know, that's always a pleasure. We watch that and look at it and, you know, be glad to come back. Well, that's great. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, It was a pleasure to have you today. Thank you for your time, for your amazing insight, your experience. I'm sure uh, all the the delegates are uh, really, really uh, happy to get in touch with you and know more about your work. So thank you again. (laughs) It's my pleasure, Liza. Thank you. And thank you to the delegates. This is a great conversation. We need more of it. So... Absolutely, absolutely. I think we are going to talk again. We will, (laughs) we will. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. See you, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, I really hope you enjoyed this interview. If you did, go to newsletter.impactintech.org and subscribe to our updates and videos. Spread the voice of Impact in Tech. Be part of the community. Let's make an impact together every day as we build up the Impact Nation.